together. You can get it done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. And it's time back here, hour number two, Big Dog Sports Talk, WRAD 1017-1035-1460 AM. You heard the man. Call me up, 540-639-4900. I've also got my own text line today as Rick is out and did not give me the text login at 540-585-1805. Love to hear from you. Hour number two, hour number one. Kind of open the show talking a little, little sports, a little bit about who I am. Uh, little NASCAR at the end there. A lot of NASCAR. I wasn't expecting to talk that much about NASCAR today. Also talked to Geo Heater at the bottom of the hour. Had a nice long conversation with him, talking about life, talking about what he's been up to. You're going to hear him, I believe, on RAD. Uh, I haven't checked the exact schedule, but I would assume women's basketball will be on Sister Station Hot 100 this Sunday. So Geo's going to take the reins from our good man, Evan Hughes. Uh, on Sunday for Virginia Tech, Stony Brook at English Field, right here on your home for Virginia Tech baseball, WRAD, BDST hour number two. Yeah, you'll get a uh, you'll get Rip back tomorrow. He'll uh, send you home for the weekend. Probably dive in a little deeper into are uh, you basketball results of last night, fifty seven fifty eight. I was checking the box score for that game. Uh, I I had to head over to my other job, so I wasn't able to catch the game live. But Radford with a 14-point lead with 14 minutes to go. And then they end on a 7-22 to run to lose in the last minute. There was a stretch in that game from, I believe, just around the 5-minute mark to just below the 2-minute mark. Neither team scored. That's three minutes of clutch game time uh, where it's a close game. And neither team could put it in. Radford missed some free throws. I was, I was checking the box score again. And uh, Charleston Southern, they are just chucking up threes. That's not Radford's game. They went 0 for 9, which even if you're going to not take a lot, you want to make at least a couple. Um, so yeah, tough loss. Really could have avoided that playing game as Rick was talking about yesterday. You want to avoid the playing game. You don't want to have to play an extra game in your conference tournament. And, you know, you'd rather have the day of rest, I think. But what do I know? What do I know? So... What do we have coming up for you for the rest of the show today? Bottom of the hour, I've got Nick Brown, Virginia Tech student, uh, SMA specialist. He's our current sports director over at 3304, Tech Senior. Also works over at Tech Sideline. We've got a lot of Tech Sideline guys today. It might as well be an extended edition of the TSL podcast. Uh, he works with their audio-video production. He does a lot of podcasting over there. And, uh, hey, he's also on RAD. He's on RAD in the falls uh, for your current defending state champion, Radford High School. Uh, he's the voice of Radford football 
So, I mean, hey, I'll definitely ask him about that. Uh, they had a great season going undefeated. Ask him what's going on with 3304. We're, we're getting pretty busy uh, this time of year. Uh, as Gio alluded to, we like to send people out to the ACC tournaments. You know, get them that really, really good experience uh, that, you know, you can't really get any, anywhere else. A lot of other schools like to send, you know, a couple of broadcasters. We sent a whole team. I think there was a year we sent maybe eight or ten guys down to Greensboro. They call every game. They write about every game. They cut up their own highlights. They make their own graphics. Really talented people. I'm, I'm really inspired by the work that they do. And then hour number three coming up, the power hour. Evan Hughes is going to open us up at the top of the hour. I'm going to talk to him all about women's basketball. He's in South Bend for tonight. Uh, I'm going to be on the board for him over there on the Hot 100 FM as Tech takes on the Fighting Irish. Big, big win this past Sunday in the castle for college game day. Obviously going to ask him about that. And we'll talk a little Tech baseball. They've been playing well. I'll even ask him a little bit about Tech softball if you haven't been paying attention to it. Uh, we have not had the chance to put it over the Learfield Airwaves yet because we have not had a home game. But he's a big tech softball guy. He likes talking to Coach Demore. I think that uh, he'll have some nice insight into that. And then we'll close out the show with my man David Cunningham, managing editor at Tech Sideline. Uh, he's also going to be in South Bend tonight uh, talking, or at least covering, Tech Women's Hoops. But I want to talk men's basketball with him. And I think that's kind of where I'll go right here. Again, if you want to jump in the conversation, talk about anything, if you want to talk about NASCAR, I'll be down. I'm down to learn always. If you want to talk sports in general, I was talking to open the show about how I'm not too familiar with the pro sports scene down here in the NRV. You know, I'm coming, I come from a major metropolitan area, what I deem to be the best sports city in the country with four flavors of professional sports and some legitimate college athletics and a huge college athletics fan base there. I mean, if you want to get technical, and everyone has their smaller colleges, but not only do we have two major colleges, we've got three, you know, mid-majors in our directional schools, Western, Eastern, and Central Michigan, who I'm sure I cannot wait to make dynasties for each and every one of those in the upcoming NCAA football game. I, might, I should have asked you about that. I might, I might bring that up to our three remaining guests because we're all still at least in the remembrance stage of the last time NCAA football came out. And I personally did not have the opportunity to play any of them, but I know that once I'm going to wait for it because, you know, video game companies, especially the one making this game, they, they can kind of cut some corners sometimes. They're, they're known to do that. So if I'm able to wait it out, see how the reviews come out and then make my decision, I'll absolutely go out and, buy a PlayStation 5 for that game. That is absolutely a game worth buying a $500 console for. Exclusively that. I'll absolutely trade in my old stuff. I have an old Xbox, a couple old Xbox games, an old PlayStation 4 that I have not touched in years. Some old games on that. But PS5's got backwards compatibility, so I don't really care about that. I might even trade in some Switch stuff because the PS5 price is just not dropping, which is ridiculous. But that's a whole other thing. I want to get into Tech Men's Basketball, but real quick, I do want to bring this up because this is probably going to be my last segment today by myself where I have a good amount of time just to talk with you. And today's a special day, not only because I'm hosting and I'm sitting in for Rick. Today's leap day 
We only get one of these every four years. And so I just wanted to run through some quick leap day facts with you. Maybe this isn't great radio. Maybe I'm putting you to sleep, but I don't know. I found it interesting and it made me think during the break a little bit. So during Roman times, I I probably should have gotten some good backtracking music for this, but I I don't know what I would even go with. Would you go with like classic Roman music? I don't even know where you'd find that. Julius Caesar established the leap day concept in 45 BC. All these facts are brought to you, of course, by the Hindustan Times, which is the first result when you just look up leap day facts on Google. Now, Now, this is a little odd to me. Well, first of all, February is the last month in Julius Caesar's calendar. I don't understand. And then they observed it on the 24th instead of the 29th. So does the 29th still exist, but they just added the 24th and shifted everything back one? I don't know. This one, well, we'll think about this in a second. The Chinese observe a tradition where an entire month is added to the calendar in places. It last happened in 2015. Now, I know that Western civilization has basically gotten locked in to the calendar system that we use now. That is something I can't even imagine, just adding an entire month to a calendar. So are you telling me that not only do you wait every four years to add a day, but if you're not adding a day every four years, does that mean you're adding a month every 28 times four years? Because you need... Every four years for a new day, you need 28 days to happen. So you need to have 28 segments of four years in between to add an entire month. And that's just where you think about it. And the number of 365 is easily, uh, it, if you divide it by 13, you get 28 perfect months or you get 28 days. So you could have 13 months of 28 days, four weeks perfectly every month starts on a Sunday and it's on a Saturday. But we don't do that. We use the number 12. Why? I don't know. Because some Roman guy thought we should do something different. It's so crazy to me just how every aspect of our life in that sense was just not necessarily picked on a whim. But you think about it, we kind of create this, like, oh, our own system. So all, all these, you know, differences and cultures and adding a day versus adding an entire month. We could all agree just one day to just change everything. But we're not going to do that because that's just, you know, that'd be too easy. In earlier times, Leap Day was observed as the special day for role reversal. It was celebrated as the day when women would propose to men instead of men expressing their affection for them. However, slowly the tradition dissolved thanks to gender role dissolution. I don't even want to touch that lesson. Uh, babies born on Leap Day are referred to as leaplings or leap year babies. Well, that's not necessarily that earth shattering. But they usually observe their birthday on February 28th or March 1st during non-leap years. But which one is it? And that's the thing, too. We have, and I know that the reason we have it is, we have, the reason we have a leap day is because the rotation of, or the revolution of the Earth around the sun, as well as the rotation of the Earth on its own axis, you know, we like to use, oh, it takes 24 hours for the Earth to make one rotation on its axis, day-night cycle. And it takes 365 days to go around the sun. But those are just slightly off. It's kind of 365 and a quarter days, which is why every four years we add a day to go around the sun. But like, where does that time go? Because a second in itself, you can't change how long it is. So 
we, we, we always just do it just to correct the calendar. That's the thing. It, it's about correcting the calendar. We're not necessarily, it, take, it takes 365 and a quarter days to get from where we are now to the same exact spot around the sun. That's how long it takes. But we add a day just to make our own calendar in our own minds correct itself. Because obviously, you know, seconds and hours and days by themselves are not getting longer. We know a day is 24 hours and we know an hour is uh, 60 minutes, which is 60 seconds. Those units of time cannot change. It is just the earth and the sun and these just giant celestial bodies. I enjoyed science and astronomy growing, can't you tell? They are fluctuating. And so we have to correct for their mistakes. When considered the total population of the planet, the odds of being born on leap day are very significant. There is a 1 in 1,461 chances of a baby being born on February 29th. And there are two leap year capitals in the world. What does that mean? Anthony, Texas and Anthony, New Mexico. Lavish multi-day celebrations are held in these places on every leap day. Wait, that sounds fun. What do they do? Anthony, Texas. I'm, I'm going to assume that these are like border towns because they share the exact same name. Anthony, Texas, Leap Year Festival. I want to look at some pictures of this. How crazy did this get? All right. Looks nice. A little Tex-Mex flavor. Oh, okay, so they're kind of in the El Paso area. Yeah, that far west corner of Texas. So yeah, right on the border. So definitely neighboring sister cities. And it just looks like a little parade. <laughs> What's the population of this place? Because this doesn't look much bigger than my hometown. The Anthony, Texas population is 3,000 people. <laughs> And how many people do you think are born on Leap Day there? That's fun. That's fun that they have a nice little tradition kind of in the middle of nowhere. I love that for them. All right, so there, those are your Leap Day facts here. As the sun is coming out, how about that? You turn just to your left and you see the sun coming out on this lovely last day of February. Special last day of February uh, morning here in the New River Valley. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little Virginia Tech men's basketball coming up. Uh, just a precursor to that. This team is definitely something else. <laughs> I don't know what the expectations were for a lot of the fan base going into this year. Uh, for me personally, I, I did not think this was going to be an improvement on the previous seasons. I thought that last year was going to go much better than it did. Uh, that obviously was not the case. And then, look... I thought that this team would be not necessarily much, much worse than a season ago. But there was an opportunity to, you know, not improve. The problem with Tech men's basketball the last couple of seasons, it's been the same story. Literally, the last two seasons were the same story. It's dig yourself in way too deep a hole to start conference play and then crawl your way back, get hot at the end of the season, Finish around 500. And then, you know, you got to look at the resume. You got to squint your eyes and be like, oh, if this and this and this. And then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, you just have to win the conference tournament like you did two years ago. Even then two years ago when you were playing lights out and you were playing really well and all the metrics loved you, you had to win the conference tournament. I, I would say even if you lost in the conference championship game, despite the fact that you were on a tear and you were playing great basketball, and even if you lost close to Duke. You were not getting in. 
you were an 11 seed as an auto bid. You were, this, this isn't a situation where it's like COVID, where Colorado and Oregon State go into their conference tournaments, win them, and are like, okay, well, they have to go in, so we're going to put them as the 12. If Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech was below the last teams that they gave auto bids to. So you had to win the conference tournament two years ago. And same situation happened last year. You were worse off. Your resume was worse. You end up in the NIT. And this year, you're in the same boat. You really could have turned it around, I think, with these last two games on the road. But you just couldn't. You Virginia Tech has been awful on the road this season. One win. I think Rick brought it up. One and nine, I believe, is the record. That's just simply... That's not good. It's just not good. And you're 7-10 in conference. Your last three games are absolutely winnable. Wake at home on Saturday. Uh, on the road at Louisville, who is just in the gutter. They're atrocious. And then you get a chance against, well, I will say a bad Notre Dame team, but at the same time, you lost to them. I'll bring that up to David Cunningham later. You should win these last three games. So finish 10-10, and middle of the conference, once again, 500 in conference play. And what's your signature win? Your signature win is still Iowa State at the start of the season. Not a bad, not bad. It's good to have that. But what's the rest? The rest is just the uninspiring sample size of not much. Can't win on the road, so you're not going to get any credit from the committee for that. This is just another situation, third year in a row, where you have to win the conference championship. And already, two, like two years ago, you looked at the talent, you looked at the roster construction, you looked at how they've been playing. You knew that they were not the team that started that first half of conference play as bad as they did. You know they were better than that. Last year's team, they were better than, you know, starting that slow. And they worked their way back for sure. But then this year's team is just kind of win-loss, win-loss. Oh, you get hot. You have a nice little three-game win stretch there at the back half of January. You follow that up, losing three in a row. Losing to Miami in awful fashion, on the road to Notre Dame, probably the worst loss of the Mike Young era. Big, big win over the Cavs 10 days ago, followed that up with two really, really flat road performances. We'll talk about it. I mean, those are kind of my thoughts, but we'll dive a little deeper into it. I want to hear what Decon has to say. You're listening to BDST. Rick is out. He'll be back tomorrow. Dan Steinbach taking you home. Bottom of the hour coming up. Nick Brown almost with us. Yeah. We're moving right along. We're cruising here on a leap day. Special day. What does it say that the only day I can get to host the show by myself is on the only day that comes once every four years? I don't know. Maybe it's not. It probably is. Dan Steinbach taking you the rest of the way here on BDSD. Don't go anywhere. Dan Steinbach here, bottom of hour number two, quickly approaching. We're going to hit a break and then uh, get Nick Brown on the other side of it. TSL, Virginia Tech SMA. Going to look forward to it. Going to talk to him all about what's coming up with 3304, uh, what we got cooking over there, and what he's been up to. So looking forward to talking to him. 
Dan Simon taking you the rest of the way here on this Thursday as we're at the halfway point. We're halfway done. Don't forget to call in, text in, 540-639-4900, and your text line, especially for today, 540-585-1805. Nick Brown coming up. Don't go anywhere. song to start our second half of our show. Dan Steinbach filling in for the big dog, Rick Watson, here on BDST today. Please make your team hotline call in 540-639-4900. My special text number for today, 540-585-1805. Get those texts in because we got a load of potato, man, for the rest of the show today. Coming up in the power hour, top of the hour, 805. Evan Hughes is going to join me. And then at the bottom of the hour at 835, David Cunningham. Gonna take us home, close us out before I give you guys back to Rick for tomorrow here on this leap day, Thursday, February 29th, 2024. But I wanna welcome someone into the program right now, my second guest for today. He is a Virginia Tech student at the SMA program, a senior like me, gonna be graduating this coming uh, May. He also works over at the Tech Sideline as their head of AV production. And he's our current sports director for 3304 Sports. And then also, uh, if you caught on the WRID Talk Network this past fall, he was the voice of the Virginia State champion, Radford Bobcats High School Football play-by-play voice, Mr. Nick Brown. Nick, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. I'm excited to be on, my man. Yeah, excited to have you, bro. How have you been? How have you been? We haven't talked in a while. I've been good. Just, uh, you know... Puttering through school, uh, it's uh, not easy to uh, stay focused in school when you're so close to the finish line, but it is what it is, and uh, we're, we're almost there, and uh, we're, we're ready to you know, move on to the real world. That, that's my mindset right now. Yeah, I feel that, brother. I feel that. So, uh, what's been going on uh, with you? Where have you been dividing your time? Because, I mean, I just listed off a bunch of your uh, current roles right now. You're working over with guys at Tech Sideline. You're doing work with 3304. You're still calling some games. Uh, yes. where, where are you? Where are you uh, divided at right now? Yeah. Uh, so my time is uh, is very divided. <laughs> that's a, that's just the truth right now. Uh, fortunately, uh, Radford uh, football is out of season. Uh, you know, not fortunately. Uh, I love doing it, but you know, it is a time commitment. Um, we will be getting state rings here upcoming in a few short weeks, so that's very exciting. Uh, I'm very uh, very ready for that. Um, but at the very moment, I'm just doing, uh, you know, working at Tech Sideline for about 10 to 15 hours a week, um, roughly. And then 32 or 4, I've kind of taken more of a management role now. Uh, I'm not really doing as much stuff. Uh, I'm not calling as many games. Uh, more just kind of doing my time to, er, to dividing my time up to uh, kind of, you know, helping others get better and uh, to kind of organize uh and get ready for the ACC tournaments because those are really the two big events for our club. Our, is the uh, women's and men's AC basketball tournament, and so I'll be uh, making sure everybody's in line for that. Next week we got the women's tournament, and hopefully Virginia Tech can go all the way and and win back-to-back AC titles, and then 
course, the men. Uh, maybe they could go on a little bit of a run in the men's tournament in two weeks. So there's just a lot of moving parts there. And uh, uh, my biggest goal is to make sure that nothing bad happens and that everybody gets to where they need to be. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, tournaments coming up because this is usually a busy time for us. I mean, uh, last couple of years, we're sending people out. We sent guys up to Brooklyn. Uh, or you, you were on that trip, right, two years ago? Uh I was not, unfortunately, uh, and actually, I say fortunately, uh, and you know, yeah, I was fortunately I wasn't there because I got to do the tip-off show every single night at McAdoo's uh, with the big dog himself, Rick Watson, and, and the Dresnator, and, and so that was that was a lot of fun that I got to stay down here, and I was kind of a part of the ride for that, uh, doing the tip-off show every single day during that run, and then uh, uh, once uh, Tech won, I was able to go downtown and uh, and celebrating the streets with uh, everybody else that mobbed at Main Street. That was a time, man, because we just had a geo heater on at the bottom of last hour, and he was talking about... Um, he, he was talking about how our schedule has finally aligned to where the men's tournament no longer falls during our student spring break, because our spring break starts tomorrow, really, if you're once you're done with classes. Uh and usually that's been when the tournament has fallen. Now, the women's tournament does fall on that. But for someone like me who always goes home for spring break, uh, being able to watch Tech beat Duke on that Saturday night uh, back home was always super fun. But then at the same time, I'm you know checking the Instagram feed, I'm checking Twitter, and I'm seeing just the mobs uh, downtown on Main Street. And you know th- th- there was a bit of FOMO going on, but overall just uh, – an overall exciting time. So I'm glad you were able to experience that. Now it sounds like a blast. Yeah, it was, it, that was certainly a, a week to remember uh, a lot of work uh, when it came to preparing for the show because you just didn't know if Tech was going to win the previous night and then you wake up and you prepare for the show the next day. But uh, it was so worth it, and, and I enjoyed every every single step. And, uh, you know, I, I know I didn't do nearly as much work as the guys who were actually there at Brooklyn. Uh, so I was just... Happy to be a, 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 a little tiny role in it. Did we get you out to? Did they get you out to last year's tournament? Uh, yes, I was there at last year's tournament, uh, and you know, unfortunately, Tech lost in the second round. Um, but it was still a lot of fun, and I love Greensboro. I'm so excited to go back to the women's tournament. I will be going to the women's tournament and the men's this year, um, and so I, I just love the Greensboro Coliseum. It's just a cool complex. I think they do an unbelievable job hosting these tournaments. Uh, and I think uh, Virginia Tech women have just had a lot of success in that building as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So tell me this, Mr. Manager, uh, are, are all your uh, ducks in a row on all those? Do we have do we have our guys ready on who's going to call what games? Or we're going to call every game, right? That's what that's usually how we yeah. roll. We get credentials for all games. Yes, so we're, we're going to have people calling every single uh, women's game and men's game, of course. Uh, the men's game is going to be a little more complicated because it is during the school week, but the women's one uh, is pretty straightforward. Uh, going down just for 33 or 4 sports will uh, be uh, about two, uh, three freshmen and two sophomores. Uh, they're all extremely talented, all extremely hardworking. They've all deserved this moment. So we're, we're super excited for them. That's going to be Braden Shank, Cody Wagner, Riley Klaus, Robert Bateman, and Taylor Brettel. So we're, we're very excited for that group that we're sending down. But if you count up all the other student workers from different outlets, there's probably going to there's probably going to be around nine to twelve uh, Virginia Tech 
uh, student journalists down there covering uh, the team for different outlets. Uh, and so that means that there's going to be a really cool photo opportunity for us to take uh, on the court after the game, and, and hopefully it's uh, covered in maroon and orange confetti. That would make it even more special. But uh, we're really excited about this trip. But then the men's trip is when it gets a very uh, – very complicated because it's up in D.C., so it's not only two hours away like Greensboro last year, and it's during school week. So we're going to have a group go down on Tuesday uh, to call the games. Um, they're going to skip class basically the whole week and go down Tuesday. Uh, my roommate, Jack Brizendine, and I, we will be leaving Wednesday. Uh, no, we will be leaving Tuesday night. Uh, to go, so we won't be there for the first day, but we'll be there from Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, so it stinks. Uh, probably won't get to see Tech play if they lose in the first round. Uh, hopefully, they win so we can watch them in the second day. But um, yeah, we're uh, we're getting ready for that, and and, and there's be a lot of moving parts for that, and uh, and eventually we'll all we'll all get there. But uh, but it's uh, it's just a struggle at the moment. What's all the uh, logistics that go into that? Do we get a team bus? Are we crashing on someone's grandma's couch? Are we uh, renting out an Airbnb? What, what's what's the situation all all with that? Well, fortunately, uh, the school of calm was uh, was super willing. Uh, this uh, kid, guy gave a big, big shout out to John Tedesco for allocating uh, a good chunk of money for us. We're going to be staying actually at the media hotel um, that hosts not only the media but also the players, the coaches, the um, and cheerleaders, and the pep bands. So it, it's a really cool environment. We got to do it last year at, at the Super Nice Hotel in Greensboro. Um, what was really neat about that is, like, you'd go downstairs, and you could run into, you know, Jeff Gapel uh, in the lobby, and he would sit down and talk to you. Or you could run into, you know, um, Jay Billis just walking around uh, down there, or Dan Shulman, and so there's just it's it's a cool experience because it's a way to you know make yourself known to people and, and connect with others and, and and just talk to people that you normally wouldn't. So uh, we're going to be down there or up there, I guess, at uh, Washington D.C. this year, and uh, that'll be a, just a short bus ride that'll take us from the hotel to the uh, tournament, which will be really neat. Um, and, uh, so getting there is going to be a mess. <laughs> We're all going to leave our cars, uh, at one of our, uh, 32 or four members who is going to the tournament, uh, Raza Umarani. We're going to leave all of our cars at his house and we're going to take the Metro in, uh, to Chinatown and we're going to, uh, we're going to get to the hotel, which is a two minute walk from the Metro station, which isn't terrible. And, um, and then we'll stay there so, because parking is like $50 a car per yeah, night, no, and, and that. that's just not worth it. That's a unnecessary expense. So we're all just going to leave it at our uh, friend's house, and uh, we're going to wander over to the metro station and take it on in D.C. Well, it sounds like you got that all figured out. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully no roadblocks uh, along the way. So we had, um, we had Bill Roth on for the Roth Report yesterday. He was talking with Rick, as he usually does every Wednesday at eight o'clock, and you know he always has his SMA update. And uh, he was talking about how Carter. I mean, you and I, we both know Carter Hill. Uh, Carter also does some work with JSL, and of course with thirty three hundred four. And he's talking about Carter Hill driving basically across the entire eastern half of the United States to cover Virginia Tech athletics. He was up 
at Pitt for the first men's game last week, and then he comes back down Sunday to cover Tech women's basketball for college game day, and then he drives all the way back up to Syracuse. Well, I don't think everyone in the 3304 uh, and SMA program necessarily does all of that, but I really hope that Will and Chris are reimbursing him for all of his hard work for the TSL guys because, Jesus, man, I drive a lot. I always make my drive up to Michigan. I'm going to be making it tomorrow uh, to start my spring break. That's about eight hours for me. When I get the, when I'm done with that, I am cooked, and I, I can't I can't imagine doing that much driving in that little uh, short of time. And I mean, I know you guys are going to be hop, busy hopping around for uh, all the tournament stuff, but it, it, honestly, it's crazy, and I respect all the commitment that you guys uh, put into all this stuff. It's it, it's it's kind of insane. Yeah, he, he's he got back last night. I he's an animal. I don't know how he he's able to do it. He he busts his butt, uh, and I think it's only Carter Hill that would take the time to do that. <laughs> um, he really wanted to be at College Game Day, um, and so he busted his butt back from Pitt uh, for that uh, experience. And so I, I understand wanting to get back to that, but I told him, I was like, dude, you know what you can just not call or not go to the Syracuse game or the Pittsburgh game? You don't have to drive to those games. He drove to Syracuse on his own. That's a ten-hour drive, and and so I, I I don't know. I I feel like he should have stayed back after the after the women's game, but he wanted to go up to Syracuse and uh, and and see that. So uh, props to him. Uh, I I can't imagine um, you know how long and lonely those those drives must have been, but I'm I'm happy he's back home safe and uh, and, and proud of the work that he's put in. Yeah, hopefully he's got some good podcasts or good music playlists uh, queued up for all that. Uh, one more thing before I let you go here, because uh, I do want to talk about the experience that you guys are going to have. You had it last year, but you're going to have it again this year. Uh, it is kind of funny that we were talking about this in the Slack uh, just yesterday, uh, bringing up how this is, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but, you know, thanks to what Kenny Brooks has helped build, uh, it could become – Maybe not necessarily once in a lifetime, maybe, you know, a couple times in a lifetime while you're here in college. Uh, but we're talking about Virginia Tech women. There's no locks in, you know, tournament seating, but they're number five in the country right now. They're going to host a first round, a first two rounds uh, of the NCAA tournament again, just like they did last year. This will be the second year in a row. And Bill Roth floated out the opportunities that uh, some people are approaching. 3304 with, SMA in general with. Uh, could you just talk about that and just talk about the experience of, yes, you guys are going to go out, you're going to go cover these tournaments outside, but the fact that what this affords you is being able to you know, do all this work kind of in your own backyard. And not only that, it's not just limiting to broadcasting, to writing, to photography. There's some other legitimate opportunities uh, for people in this industry, you know, to get that experience at the college level because they're looking for student help. Yeah, and it's it's really special what we've kind of built here uh, at Virginia Tech with the sports media program. You know, we're we're becoming nationally recognized in the industry, and whenever an ESPN show comes to town, they reach out to Bill if he's got any student workers that would that want to help out. Um, I don't know exactly the roles that people can play. Or, or, or work when uh, the women come to town. 
uh, for or when they host the first two rounds. Uh, but that'll be a really, really cool opportunity for everybody to go to and uh, and to work. And I think get paid a little bit as well. We uh, we're about to call at eight thirty. Um, it'll be Bill Roth, Carter Hill, Giovanni Eater, and myself uh, discussing about the possibilities of covering every single round of the tournament. I'm in the boat of, I don't know if I want to send people to Portland, Oregon, if, <laughs> if Virginia Tech uh, gets the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight draw there. Uh, but if they get to Albany, New York, we, we for sure want to send people to every single round to cover and, and work every single game all the way to the Final Four. And if Tech goes to the Final Four, heck yeah, we're going to be there. It's only a five-and-a-half-hour drive from Blacksburg. That is very, very manageable. Uh, and we will for sure be there for that. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to cover every single round, uh, and especially the two that we will have at home. If Tech ends up winning the first and second round, uh, I mean that that'll be a good great experience for everybody. We're gonna have tons of student media down there on press row and on the court as well, and uh, it'll just be a, a fascinating uh, experience, especially for the young people and, and the freshmen who didn't get that opportunity last year. You know, that was such an amazing you know, time to be a student, just being a freshman and you know, having a team in the national spotlight like that. And, and so I'm excited for them to uh, to experience something like that again. No, man, absolutely. And I'm excited to see all the work that you guys are able to do. If Tech ends up uh, getting the draw for the Sweet 16 Elite Eight in Portland, save me a ticket because I went out to Seattle last year, absolutely loved it. Uh, and I, I love that region. I love the Pacific Northwest, so I'd love to go out to Portland. Um, hopefully it's closer. So, you know, you guys don't have to uh, worry about the risks of massive travel expenses. But, you know, yeah. I can be selfish a little yeah. bit. That's why we're really hoping for the Albany-New York uh, 16 Elite Eight poll. <laughs> hey, man, they just keep winning. They're probably going to get seated favorably anyways, so they'll probably end up uh, end up there anyways. So That's hope, exactly right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give any analysis. All Tech needs to do is just keep on winning, and uh, it'll work itself out. Sounds good to me, man. All right, Nick Brown. Thanks a lot, brother. Thanks for waking up with me. Thanks for taking the time out of your day uh, to call in. And, uh, yeah, just keep working hard. Heck, yeah, man. All right. Well, you too, Dan. I really appreciate it. And uh, you uh, you keep busting your butt here at, uh, at New River Radio Group. And uh, really, really happy to, to be, a, uh, I guess, a, a brother employee is with you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. <laughs> appreciate it. Take care. All right. All right. See you, boss. All right. Nick Brown joining us here on BDST for. Uh, hour number two. We are quickly approaching the end of hour number two. Hour number three coming up. It's the Power Hour. Evan Hughes, David Cunningham going to join me as quickly reaching the end of my special tenure here. My interim tenure, if you will, as host of Big Dog Sports Talk on this special Leap Day edition of BDST. We'll be right back after this. I'll tease the power hour one more time for you. And then we'll get it going. Hour number three coming up. Big Dog Sports Talk, WR80. Don't go anywhere. along here on a Thursday morning, Leap Day, February 29th, 
Once every four years, Dan Steinbach in for the big dog today. Catching up on some Z's as Radford Man got in a little late last night after a tough loss on the road at Charleston Southern. That's going to do it for our number two. The Power Hour is next. You don't want to miss it. Having you, David Cunningham, going to join me. Thanks to Nick Brown for helping me out at the bottom of the hour for this segment. Thanks to Geo Heater for helping me open the show today. Power Hour is next. 8 o'clock. Right here on BDSD. Don't go anywhere.